Okay, I'm back. All right, then. Well, again, like to welcome you to the Thursday night wisdom call. Uh, I'm Pastor Lester Hayes, and I'll be your teacher tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is December the 26th, uh, 2019. It's 7.30 in the evening on a Thursday night. And tonight we're going to take a look at the Holy Spirit as the Apostle Paul taught about him under the leading and guiding and direction of the Holy Spirit. He taught under the apostolic anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's significant that we, uh, you know, kind of explore his teaching, see what he had to say about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I think this lesson tonight is going to be a blessing to you. So uh, I want to just open with prayer tonight and then we'll go into the word. Father God, in the name of Jesus, as we come again on tonight, Thursday night wisdom call, we trust you tonight, Lord God, to enlighten us, to instruct us, to just teach us tonight. Holy Ghost, we, we yield ourselves to you right now. And we just ask you to just minister to us tonight as, as, as we open up the word tonight. Uh, we want to learn as much about you as we can. You are the third person, the Godhead body. And we want to learn as much about you as there is possible, that we might be better equipped for the spiritual life that we're trying to live and being led and guided and directed by the Holy Ghost. And we need to know you in a personal, intimate way. So speak to each and every one of our hearts on tonight. Enlighten us and just bring a, a, a greater revelation and understanding tonight of what Paul taught under the apostolic anointing that we too may be able to uh, grasp and gravitate to this, this wisdom and this knowledge and this truth about who you are. And so we thank and praise you tonight, Father God, for giving us the promise of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for uh, leaving that he might come, the promise of the Father. We receive him tonight. We receive his, 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 his teaching tonight. Open this word up to us right now and pour out fresh revelation. We give you all the praise and glory and the honor for it right now. We receive this word tonight. We receive the revelation of it in Jesus' wonderful name. We pray. Amen. All right. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, tonight. We want to start tonight by prefacing what we're going to teach tonight over in the first book of Corinthians, uh, chapter 4. And I want to start uh, just going over a few verses of Scripture, starting in the fourth chapter, around about verse 14. Uh, and this is Paul, who considered himself the spiritual father of the church at the time. And, you know, you call yourself a spiritual father. I want to know what it is that you taught the church, uh, you know, as a spiritual father, as an apostolic giant uh, at the time. And um, so he got a captive audience here and he's setting up them to be able to walk in the spirit, be led by the spirit. Uh, you know, these are Christian people. Uh, obviously, they don't really know a whole lot about the spirit of God. Uh, so Paul is beginning to teach them so that they not just have the word of God, you know, because they're going to need power. They're going to need to be able to speak under the apostolic anointing that comes from the Holy Ghost in them. And so Paul is, 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 is beginning to teach them about the spiritual aspects of being in a relationship with God, not just having the word, but also having the power that comes along with the word so that when you get the word of God in you and you got the power of the Holy Ghost in you, now, when you speak, the words that you are speaking now are no longer just the letter of the law. They are actually spirit, you know, because the spirit of God in you is giving revelation, you know, and, and it's being spoken from a, a place of dudamous power now. And so Paul is pointing this out to them because this is a huge transition for them, just like it is for us. Once we come into church, we get saved, 
And some people that get saved and they'll just sit in the church and just hear the word, hear the word, hear the word, but never receive that power, you know. And so we want to take a look at this as Paul is teaching this uh, as a spiritual father of the church. So let's start at verse 14. He says, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved son, I warn you. 15, for though ye have ten thousands of instructors in Christ, ye have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Now he's telling you right there, I've begotten you through the word. So you got the word. That's, a, that's, that, that's how you got saved. I came as a Christian teacher, but now I'm speaking to you as a spiritual father, you know, full of the Holy Ghost, you know. And he says, I'm getting ready to teach you now, uh, you know, add to the word because the word is going to renew you. It's going to regenerate you. And everything I'm getting ready to show you, Paul is telling them, you know, it's in the word because he's going to transition them in and talk about the spirit, you know, and, and he wants them to be able to take a look and follow him in the gospel. And he says, you know, uh, uh, in verse 16, wherefore I beseech ye, be ye followers of me. He said, look at me. I'm an example. I'm talking to you under the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm speaking to you not only word, but I'm speaking to you out of the spirit of the word. Verse 17, he says, but this cause have I sent unto you, Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. He gonna, Timothy going to remind you, Paul ain't just teaching from his skill. Paul ain't just teaching from his education. Paul now is being led by the Holy Ghost. Paul is operating under the apostolic anointing of the Holy Ghost. And so Timothy is, is bearing witness of that as Paul's example. And what he's telling them is all spiritual. It's no longer just the word. It's spiritual now. It's, it's, it's increasing now. It's a relationship now that Paul has with the Holy Ghost that's being put on display now. Okay, it's obvious that Paul has a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But now he's speaking as an apostolic authority. Okay, he's speaking under the power of the Holy Ghost. And Timothy now is, 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 is enlightening the people on what is taking place with Paul right now so that they'll understand because Paul is different now. We've got to remember now who Paul was before. There's a big change that have taken over, you know, that have come over Paul. Paul is not filled with the Holy Ghost. So he's speaking as a person that's filled with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, being guided by the Spirit. And Timothy, his, his beloved son, is aware of this. And since Timothy is going to be a pastor of a church, Timothy is out there, man, bearing witness to, to, uh, to what Paul is coming to instruct them and teach them and bringing it all back to their remembrance, you know, so that they don't forget. And 18, he says, now some are puffed up as though I would not come to you. So, so Paul is saying, you know, there might be a little bit of jealousy, you know, because uh, it may sound like I'm tooting my horn now. You know, so they get a little full of spiritual pride. You get some people think, you know, well, you know, we're going to stick to our tradition. We don't need all of that. It don't take all of that. So you get that little bit of spiritual pride, that little backlash. But nevertheless, it's not going to stop Paul. When you got the Holy Ghost, pride can't stop you. Arrogance can't stop you. Jealousy can't stop you. Tradition can't stop you because you, you, you're being led and guided by the Holy Ghost. So, so nothing can stop you. It's just better for you at that time to just continue to be led by the spirit. So let's see how Paul puts his apostolic authority uh, on display here as he's dealing with spiritual pride in these people. 19, he says, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord will, and I will know 
not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. See, so Paul is putting that apostolic authority. He's saying, look here, you know, I'm looking beyond your spiritual pride, being all puffed up. I'm looking beyond what you think you know, you know, and I'm looking at the power of God that's, that's, that's operating through me and in me right now. And then he goes on in verse 20. He says, this is God's will now for me. Paul said that, that I do what I'm doing right now. I'm being led and guided by the Holy Ghost. Now look at verse 20. He said, for the kingdom of God is not in word. So he's telling them there's more. You, 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 you can expect more to come. You got the word. You know, you've been taught the word. I've been giving you the word. So you've been establishing the word. Okay, you rooted and grounded in the word. But Paul, you got to get the power too now. There's more to God's kingdom. You know, it's in word and it's in power. So he goes on to tell them that, but in power. So Paul is telling you the word, if you just got the word alone, it becomes like a letter unless you have a quickening force in you to quicken that word, to bring that word alive, to take that word from just being the letter to being spirit. And Paul is saying, this is what's getting ready to happen in your life. So he's setting them up here and letting them know for the kingdom of God is not just in word, but in power also. So he's talking about a spiritual kingdom here. Amen. And it operates by the spirit of God. Okay. Even though you have the word, even though you've been taught the word, even though you know the law, you know Moses' law, you know what Abraham said, you know the word, you know what all these prophets have said, but you got to have the power too because you're operating in a spiritual kingdom. Amen. In verse 21, he says, What will ye? Shall I come unto you with a rod or in love and in the spirit of meekness? So Paul is saying, you know, the, the, the spirit of God no matter how I come to you, he's the overriding authority because he's got all power, you know. And Paul said, I'm not coming to you in my own might, not coming to you in my own strength. It's not by my power. It's not by my might. It's not by my authority, mere authority alone. He said, but it's by the power. So in other words, I don't mind uh, humbling myself because it's, no, it's not I anymore. It's the power of God that's in me right now that's driving me. So he said, I don't need to come to you with no rod. I don't need to come to you confessing my love to you. He said, but you, you, you can obviously see that I'm being led by the Holy Ghost. Did not Timothy tell you that Paul is coming to you now in the power and authority of the Holy Ghost? Have you not been warned? Did he not tell you to call to remembrance that I am not filled with the Holy Ghost? I am not being led and guided by him. And the words that I not speak, they're not just mere words anymore. They're not just words of the law anymore. They are actually spirit and life. Amen. So let's go over here now that we've set a precedent, a, a preface. Let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 63. Amen. Amen. And, and kind of see now what the case that Paul was making to them about the word combined with the power of the Holy Ghost. What an awesome combination. Because when you look over in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, we're not going there, we just want to make a note here. It says, now when the him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think of him according to the power of God that worketh in you. Now there's two powerful forces that work in every believer, especially if they have the word. Paul highlighted that back there to the Corinthian believers. He said, you got to have the word. And then he says, 
that worketh in you. So there's there's word in you, but somebody in you got to work the word. And so that's the Holy Ghost. You know, he's greater than anything I can imagine. So it's now into him, you know, that, that worketh in you. Talking about the Holy Ghost working with the word that is in you. He give life to it. Amen. So that when it comes out of your mouth, it's no longer just word or the letter of the law that killeth, but it's also the spirit that it comes out with that gives life to it. So let's take a look at what John is writing right here and look at a deeper truth and a deeper understanding of what we just learned about Paul's <coughs> instruction to the Corinthians and to Timothy as he wrote to them back there in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Now look at verse, I'm going to read verse um, 62 to just carry us into, matter of fact, 61 down to 63. He says, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured as it, he said unto them, doeth this offend you? What? And if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. So what Jesus is telling them is this. So what's the big deal? I told you I was going to leave, but I'm not. Basically, he set them up to say, I'm not going to leave you confidence. Even though you see me leaving, I'm still going to be with you. And he goes on here because he, he's, he's setting them up for a deeper revelation, a deeper truth about, about him and about what's about to take place. And so look at verse 63. He says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So now they're sitting here, they're looking at the physical presence of Jesus. He's getting ready to leave them. And he's telling them, these words that I'm telling you, they are the words that are going to prepare for the promise of my father to come to you. They are spirit and they are life. Don't forget what I said to you. Don't forget what I taught you. Just like Paul was telling Timothy to go remind them because something is getting ready to happen. What's going to happen? Jesus is going to leave and then the spirit of God is going to come, which is the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Ghost. So Jesus is saying these words that I'm saying to you right now, just like Paul said back there as a spiritual father, not just as a teacher, not just as an instructor. Jesus is not just talking as, 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 as the son of God getting ready to leave, but he's actually speaking of things to come here. And he says it is the spirit that will quicken you. In other words, the spirit of God is already existent. It's expedient that I get up out of here so he can come. So he's speaking about things that are already in motion. They don't have no idea. All they can relate to and see is what's in the natural, what's around them. They can't relate. They can't gravitate. They got the word. They heard the word. But now, see, the spirit has got to come so that they can have not only the word, but they can have that quickening power. Amen. Which is the Holy Ghost. And he says, if you just stay in the flesh, if you just keep the word in the flesh, you'll be OK. But you won't have no power. And you're going to have to have power because the flesh profit is nothing. You know, I'm giving you my word, but my word is only going to work by the power of the Holy Ghost in you. So you got to get the Holy Ghost, too. You got to have him, too. You have to receive him in order to receive power. Because when Acts 1 and 8 says that when, when, when the Holy Ghost comes on you, you shall receive power to do what? That's that quickening power to do what? To be a witness. You know, you can't witness effectively with just the word. You got to have the power of the Holy Ghost. 
so that you can effectively witness because you're not just witnessing to people. You're witnessing back to the Lord Jesus Christ, too. He's the first one that's got to approve of you. He's the first one that has got to acknowledge you. If you go out here, man, trying to share the word, just like the sons of Sceva without the Holy Ghost, you know, no power, just word, it could be very tragic and chaos for you because you could be led by your own understanding in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people, and it could turn tragic. But with the Holy Ghost, he will quicken you. He will quicken you. He will allow you to be able to discern. You know, he'll tell you when to be quiet. He'll tell you when to speak. He'll, he will quicken you. He'll give you revelation. He'll tell you exactly what to do. He will discern what, what kind of spirit you're dealing with. He'll do all of that. And that's why Jesus is telling them, it's my spirit that's going to quicken you. Amen. Not, not your flesh, you know. He says, the words that I speak unto you right now, they are spirit. And they are life. And he said, the word is supposed to direct you and point you toward how to receive life through the spirit. Not in the flesh. It profits nothing, you know, but direct you toward the life in the spirit. Amen. And he said, that's what the that's what the that's what the Holy Ghost would do. He'll quicken you with that. You know, you got my word, but it's just a letter. If you don't allow the spirit of God to quicken you, he says in 64, but there are some of you that believe not. Uh-uh. But Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. So he already knew all of this. How did he know this? He knew this by the spirit. Amen. He knew it by the spirit. So let's take a look at this word quicken it. You know, I love this word quicken it. He says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. He's talking about his spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now, that word quickeneth means, okay, he's also going to teach you things, just like he said over in John 14. He's going to quicken you by giving you life that the flesh cannot give you. And that word quickeneth means to make alive, to revive, to cause to be enlivened, you know, like stimulated, you know. To, to behave kind of chaotic about something. In other words, you can't contain the power of God. You're so driven when the Holy Ghost is in charge. It's like dudamus power begin to flow out of you. It's like an, you're ignited with something that you just can't hardly contain yourself and you fear nothing. Amen. If something is living, it is quick to quicken. If something is living, it is quick to quicken whatever it comes in contact with. Can't you see this right now unfolding in Paul's life? Paul was so quick to tell them about Timothy. Paul was so quick to tell them about the Holy Ghost. He was so quick to let them know. It's not just in word. It's also in power. Don't forget the power. Don't forget the Holy Ghost. You're not going to be affected without the Holy Ghost. Can't you just see them being quickened with those words from Paul? I know Timothy was. And what Paul had did was made a transition here. Paul went from being just a teacher in the church to now being a spiritual authority, a spiritual father. How did he accomplish this? He was being led and guided and directed by the very Holy Ghost that he was trying to teach and expose them to. Amen. And so what am I saying? I'm saying even today, you got all these people running around out here. They got word, but they have no power. The reason they have no power because they have no apostolic authority. The reason they have no apostolic authority, because they don't have the power of the Holy Ghost living in, and, and abiding and ruling and leading and guiding 
from within their spirit. So they got the word, but they just don't have no power. So there is no quickening. There is no reviving when you say something. There is no spirit in what you say. It's just good word. It's just good letter of the law. And the Bible said the letter of the law killeth, but the spirit gives life. You know, you have to have the spirit coupled with the word. That's why 1 Corinthians 4 and 20 says that. You know, the kingdom of God, you operate in the kingdom of God, which is a spiritual kingdom. So I got to have the spirit of God to be able to operate in the kingdom of God. You know, you know, if not, I'm just I'm just I'm just giving folks a, 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 a letter of the law. You know, I'm just telling them what the words say. There's no power to it. You know, it goes out, you know, but I want that word to revive. I want that word to be quick to quicken people. When it is spoken from a spirit filled believer, someone that's operating under the leading and guiding of the Holy Ghost. OK, it's, it's, it's quick to bring life to whatever, you know, it touches or wherever it, 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 it lands. It's quick to restore it, uh, to be to be stable. It causes whatever received that word to hear that word to flourish. A good example. Paul uses Timothy as an example to everybody else in the church. Paul is saying, take, for instance, my son, Timothy. What is Timothy going to come to you and tell you? His tradition? He going to come and tell you what he learned from Lois and Eunice? No, Paul is said, Timothy is going to come to you and remind you of what he experienced with me, his spiritual father, not only his teacher. He was taught the word. So just think if that's, if that's for as Timothy went. He just took the word that Lois and Eunice, his mother and grandmother taught him and just, just stopped right there. No, but he had an encounter with a man that was filled with, the, filled with the spirit of God. And he began to teach him about the importance of having the Holy Ghost because he was going to be used to a greater degree in the ministry. He was going to be a bishop. He was going to be a pastor of the church. And so Paul begins to talk to him and teach him now as a spiritual authority, as a spiritual father about the apostolic anointing that only comes when you receive the Holy Ghost. Now he can take that word that Timothy had learned from his mom and his grandmama. And man, he can use that word now to speak spirit and life to whoever it was he was talking to. And it will quicken their mortal body. It will quicken them when they hear that word. That word will, will go forth with power and it will not return back void. Amen. So let's look at a few scriptures here that talks about uh, the spirit of God and how it give it life. Amen. I uh, want to go to, um, we just read John, the book of John chapter 6, verse 63. It says, it is the spirit that quickeneth, that gives life, that revives, that restores. And it says, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So if you, if you, if you receive the Holy Ghost, please understand that the words that you speak afterwards, they are spirit and they are life. It may not feel no different or sound no different, but it's not you. Paul said it's the Christ that's in you now that's speaking. So now when you speak God's word, you're speaking Lord God's word under the guidance of the Holy Ghost. Even though it's you, you're the same person. But now you have the Holy Ghost. And so you're not just speaking alone. You're actually speaking by the power of the spirit. Amen. So look at, let's look at the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 11. He says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, do what? Dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also do what? Quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. 
So now it's no longer just you speaking as a, as a teacher, as a preacher, as a pastor, as a minister. Now you got the Holy Ghost on you, in you. Okay, he's on you, he's in you, he's with you, he's speaking through you. So it's no longer I, but it's the Christ that's in me, as we learned this morning in the second, um, in, in, in uh, the second chapter of the book of Galatians, chapter two, uh, 2, verse 20. And so he goes on to say in, in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 6, he says, who also have made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter does what? It killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Not in just word on it. If that's all I got is the letter of the law, the word, it killeth. But I need the spirit to give life, just like he says right there. And then he says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, he say, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the what? Flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Put to death in the flesh. In other words, no longer by power, no longer by my might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And in order for the Spirit of God to quicken me and give me life, something in me got to die, you know. My desire has got to die. My understanding has got to die. And I got to totally depend on the Holy Ghost to lead me, to guide me, and to direct me. Why? It's because the Spirit of God in a believer is actually the Spirit of truth. He can never lie. So everything he says is truth. There's never a question about it, you know. That's why it's so powerful, because the truth is what God wants you to know, because he knows that that's the only way you can be free. He knows that the Holy Ghost is not going to deal with nothing else but the truth. He knows that the Holy Ghost is only going to respond. He's only going to answer. He's only going to deal with the truth. You know, you know, he knows that. So let's take a look at it. In John chapter 14, verse 17, he says, even the spirit of truth, listen to this now, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. To do what? To quicken you so that others might be quickened when you speak. Why? Because the words that you speak are just like Jesus. They are spirit and they are life. They give life. Because they're, 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 they're given from the spirit of life who's in you. Amen. And he goes on to say in the book of John chapter 15 verse 26. But when the confidence come, when I was sent unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, talking about the Holy Ghost, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Where is he going to testify at? He's going to quicken me with that revelation. The Holy Ghost is going to open up my mouth and begin to release that revelation. And it's going to quicken. It's going to revive. It's going to restore people. You know, it's going to give life to them where there was no life. Why? Because it's, 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 spirit, it's, it's spirit, you know. It's not just word. It's now spirit with spiritual power to be able to penetrate uh, the, the heart of the, of the unbeliever. Amen. And so let's go to John, the book of John, the gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 13. He says, how be it when he, 
There he is now. He calls him a he, talking about the third person of the Godhead body, the Holy Ghost. How be it when he, then he tells you who he's talking about, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. All truth now. That's why I say he don't deal with no lies. He guides you away from the lies into all truth. Not some truth, but all truth all the time. So what is he saying here? I want you to be quickened so you can quicken others all the time, every situation, every circumstance. I don't want you to get caught under circumstance. I don't want you to get caught bound by, by tradition and philosophy of men. I want you to always operate in, 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 in the power and demonstration of the spirit of God because he always deals in truth. So you're always on the right side of, the, of things when you deal with truth because the spirit of truth deals with you in truth. So you're going to have to deal with with uh, with others in truth. Amen. That's where the quickening power is. You know, he said he's going to show you. Look at what he said. He said, for if if he shall not speak of himself, but whosoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to sweat it. And what he tells you is going to be the truth. You can take it to the bank. You know, you don't ever have to worry about him deceiving you or misleading you. First uh, John uh, the fourth chapter, verse six says this, we are of God and he that knoweth and he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God mm, 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 heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. That's what's so powerful about the Holy Ghost. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll help you to be able to discern what's right to help you to be able to discern what's wrong because he always wants you to make not so much the right or the wrong choice, but he wants you to always err on the side of truth. He wants you to be established in truth. He wants you to know the truth. He wants you to deal in truth. You know, he wants you to be about the truth. Amen. He guides us into all truth. Let's look at the book of John chapter 16, verse 13, you know, he says, how be it when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Let's go over to the book of Acts chapter 8, verse 39. The book of Acts chapter 38, verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 39. Okay, here we go. Chapter 8, verse 39. Okay, here we go. Listen to this here now. He says, and when they were come up out of the water, this is when Philip baptized the eunuch, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Mm -mm -mm. And so as you can see, the power of God was so strong, okay, when Philip ministered to the eunuch. Remember, he ministered to the eunuch. The eunuch had never heard whether there was any Holy Ghost. Now, remember Philip. Philip was a part of the crowd that Peter had been ministering to back over in Acts, the second chapter. Remember, Philip was, he, he was a man of God. He had four daughters who, who when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, when the, when, when the Spirit of God was poured out on them over in Acts, the second chapter, they got filled. They went out prophesying. They went out preaching. 
Philip went on out evangelizing and he runs into this eunuch and he begins to tell him about this experience. He began to talk to him about being baptized in, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so that that word that Philip gave him was so powerful. It quickened the eunuch. And he said, is there water around here that, you, that I can be baptized? Because I want to get this full revelation. I want to get all that you, I want to experience everything, Philip, that you're teaching me. And Philip said, yeah, there's water right here that nobody can forbid you to be baptized. And took him down the water and baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was so much power there that it just caught Philip away. He just got caught up, you know. And the unit come up out of the water, man, quick and full of the Holy Ghost, full of power. But he couldn't find Philip nowhere. Because the power of God had just taken, taken Philip away. And when you look at the next verse right there, it kind of tells you what, what, what happened with Philip, you know. Yeah, okay, let's, just, let's, just, let's just read that. Verse 40, it says, But Philip was found at Azotuck, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. So now you can see here, the Holy Ghost uses Philip after he done taught this man about what happened when, 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 when Peter was teaching. Now he goes on and continues to go on somewhere else and begin to minister. He was finished right there. He didn't hang around there with the man. He did what the Lord told him to do. He gave him the word, but he didn't only give him the word. Took him down in the water in Jesus' name. He got baptized for the remission of his sins. He received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, and Philip was out of there. You know, Philip was being led by the Holy Ghost. And he led him right on to another city and another city and another city to do what? He was so ignited. He was so full of power. He couldn't stop witnessing. He couldn't stop witnessing. He was just driven by the Holy Ghost. Why? He had the word and he had the power. And he was ignited. He was fired up. He had received the Holy Ghost. Now he was quick to quicken this unit. The unit received the Holy Ghost. And Philip went on to other cities. And I started wondering, what did he do in other cities? Man, he probably went there, man, and preached the gospel under the power of the Holy Ghost. And thousands of people got saved and got baptized. Philip was so caught up in the Holy Ghost pastors that he didn't even remember his four daughters who was going about their way prophesying. Philip the Holy Ghost. Because when you read Acts, the second chapter, it said that the Lord didn't only pour his spirit out on his manservant, paid out on his maidservants too. So everybody that was under that teaching and that preaching that Peter was doing, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. They got ignited. They had the word. They heard the word. The Bible said that word quickened them, you know, prepped their hearts. Because Peter was now speaking to them under the power of the Holy Ghost. So it wasn't just word. It was word that had spirit and life in it. Matter of fact, let's go over to Acts the second chapter and look at just a little bit of this now. And I want you to hold that thought about, about Philip and just look at just a little bit of this here. Let's go to Acts the second chapter. Let's go all the way down to verse 36. Let's read just a, just a little bit of this right here. Down to verse 36. And remember this conversation that Peter's having now. He's no longer just Peter talking. <clears throat> Peter now is talking and he's speaking spirit and he's speaking life under the Holy Ghost. He had the word, but now he done been up in the upper room. He done got in do with power. He'd been quickened to quicken. I love that. He'd been quickened by the Holy Ghost to quicken others. So let's look at it. Verse 36. He says, 
This is Peter now. He said, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both the Lord and Christ. 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles who had been baptized with the Holy Ghost, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now you see the quickening. The minute he said that, by accusing them, you too were some of those who crucified Jesus. Look at that. Look at that. That word went out with power. And it quickened them just that quick that they could only come back and say, what must we do? Look at what Peter tells them next, man, in verse 38. He said, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For what? The remission of your sin, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why are you telling people who are saved to repent in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin? Because they had only been baptized under John's baptism to repentance. All they had was the word. They did not have the power yet. Good God Almighty. Philip was in this crowd. His daughters was in this crowd. Let's look at verse 39, what he tells them. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. Now, remember now, we just left what Philip did. That was a far off. Chapter 8, verse 39, we just talked about the unit. Remember, Philip is right here right now. That unit was a far off from this. He didn't hear this until he met Philip on the road. And look at what he says there. That are far off as many as the Lord our God shall call. Call that eunuch man. 40. And with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Look at what he said. With many other words. Remember now, it's not only by the word, the kingdom of God, but it's also in power. So with many other words, under the power of the Holy Ghost, he did testify. What did he tell them? Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Can you imagine the impact that had on the hearer? Wasn't just words anymore. It was convicting. It prepped them in their hearts to a point where they were so quickened about it. They said, what must we do? And then Peter tells them what they must do. Amen. So let's go a little bit further here. Amen. Let's look at Acts chapter 10, verse 19. It says, while Peter thought on the vision, the spirit said unto him, behold, three men seek thee. Look at verse 20. Arise, therefore, and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Amen. <laughs> so we know what this is. Peter had a problem with racism and he was prejudiced. Full of the Holy Ghost. Got the word. But he only wanted to minister to the Jews. He only wanted to minister to people like him. Man, I know some folks like that. You know, only want to be selective who they share the gospel with. But we know the Lord told Peter to get down. Cornelius done sent people to him. Go to Cornelius' house. Let's go over to Acts the 10th chapter real quick and see what took place there. Now, this is Peter now. Peter done, Peter been powerful. God been using him. But he's prejudiced. You know, he got, he got a little racism going on there. Let's look at verse 21. Chapter 10, verse 21. It says, Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom you see. What is the cause whereof ye, 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 ye come? Ye are come. And they said, Cornelius, 
the centurion, a just man and one that feareth God and of a good report among all the nations of the Jews, of the Jews. It wasn't no Jew, but he was of the Jews, nation of the Jews, feared by them. <coughs> they loved him. Was warned from God by what? An holy angel to send, <coughs> to send for thee unto his house and to hear words of thee. There we go again now. Words. These were not just words. John 6, 63 said, our words now under the power and the guiding and direction of the Holy Ghost. They are spirit and they are life. So let's see what happens here in verse 23. It said, then called he them in and lodged them. And on the morrow, Peter went away with them and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. 24, and the morrow after they entered into Caesarea and Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinmen, got all his family, his near friends, got other people. He extended this thing, man. 25, he said, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter took him up saying, stand up. I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him and went in and found many that would come together and he said unto him, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Boy, look at here, man, that racism. <laughs> but the Holy Ghost, man, will clean. He will quicken you so that you can quicken others. Look at this man, boy. He coming clean. He confessing. He telling the truth. That's what the presence of the Holy Ghost and a believer would do. You know, nothing can happen here but the power of God going to come in this out. 29, therefore came I unto you without gain saying, wasn't no hypocrite, wasn't, wasn't talking myself out of it no more. I had to go because God told me to go. I was quickened. Now I got to come here and quicken you. Soon as I was sent for, I asked, therefore, for what intent ye have sent for me? And Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed. In my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright and bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine arms are arms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon, a tenor, by the seaside, who, when he cometh, shall speak unto thee, my God, under the power of the Holy Ghost. Immediately, therefore, I sent thee, sent for thee, sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Now, Peter's ministry is beginning to change. You know, it's beginning to change and expand. God is enlarging his territory to not only minister to the Jews, but now he's going to also minister to the Gentiles. Amen. 34, he says, verse 34, he says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respect of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word, the word, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all, not some, but of all. That word, I say, ye know, which was published 
throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism with John preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with who? The Holy Ghost and with power. There it is, y'all. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and shewed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people unto test and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead to him give all prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive the remission of their sins and listen to this now verse 44 and while Peter yet spake these words remember now the kingdom of God is not in word only but also in power. Here it is. While Peter yet spake these words, what happened? The Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because, they, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. But they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Amen. Amen. So the kingdom of God is not just in word only, but in power. Amen. And so we're going to have to have the word of God to be effective witnesses, but we also have to have the power of God. And God's word has no respect to person because the Holy Ghost sees no color. He is the spirit of truth. He wants to minister the truth to, to everybody all the time, every situation, every circumstance. Uh, one more verse of scripture, and we're going to close for tonight. Here is why this is so powerful to us. I want you to go to 1 John chapter verse 17. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. And this will all come together and make sense. And we're going to close after this verse. We're going to close after this verse. That's 1 John 4 and 17. 1 John 4 and 17. Now remember, we just learned back there, Jesus spake and it said he was full of the Holy Ghost. Peter spake the word, he was full of the Holy Ghost. Paul spoke the word. He was full of the Holy Ghost. Timothy, Bishop Timothy, reminded them of Paul, what he had learned from his spiritual father, full of the Holy Ghost. Philip went out and baptized the eunuch and went to other cities and witnessed under the power of the Holy Ghost with the word, full of the Holy Ghost. Philip's four daughters got baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptized. They went out witnessing under the power of the Holy Ghost. The church today have to go out with the word of God under the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the only way. That's the only way that whoever is on the receiving end of the word is going to receive spirit and life. It's got to be the Holy Ghost. He quickens. It says it, says it in, in, in the scripture tonight. He quickens 
you know, that mortal flesh. Not, there's nothing in the flesh that can quicken nobody. All these folks going out with the tradition of men, people not getting saved. I'm talking about not getting saved. They're hearing the word, but they're not getting saved because there's nothing to quicken them. There's nothing to give life to them. And it's just a letter. And we just learned that the letter killeth if it's just a letter. And so here's the difference. Chapter 4, verse 17 of 1 John. It says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because today, right now, as he is, so are we in the world. So we right now don't be as Jesus is. We know that when Jesus was on this earth, we just learned a few minutes ago, Jesus gave the word and Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. Even when Jesus was baptized by John in Matthew, the third chapter, he says, behold, he cometh, the one who I'm not even worthy to tie up his shoe laces. He's the one that's going to baptize you with fire and with power. You know, and the Bible says right after that, he baptized Jesus just like he had baptized everybody else. But the difference was all those people John baptized, he baptized them unto repentance. But when he baptized Jesus, heaven opened in a dove-like figure, ascended on him. And the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now Jesus was ready to begin his three and a half year ministry. And he was led by the Holy Ghost right into the wilderness and full of power. And he was on his way to Nazareth where he was born to go in that temple and to pick that book from the minister and begin to minister and give sight to the blind, set at liberty those that was bound, you know, and to declare that the day of salvation is here. Why? Because he showed up. He showed up with the word, but he showed up with power. He showed up with the Holy Ghost. And they heard what he had to say. Now, they didn't like it. So that's why they took him. And they took him out and they were going to kill him. They were going to destroy him. But Jesus, man, in the power of the Holy Ghost, walked right by them and they never even saw him. And he never went back to that city to do any more work. He said, I can't do no work here because what? A prophet is not even welcome in his own home. I mean, there was the power of God, right, that had set all of them that were at liberty. You know, the day of salvation had been declared. It had come near. And the power of God was right there, and they could not even recognize. And that's how people are today. Amen. So we're going to end right there tonight with the recording. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hopefully you got something out of this is that, you know, uh, it's not just in word only, but it's in power. And the words that we now speak under the power of the Holy Ghost, they are spirit and they are life. Just like it was, was with Jesus, so it is with us today. Amen and amen. We're going to end right there. Amen.